We're going to keep moving through this book. Uh, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, you, you know, just to recap, a few weeks ago, we went through chapter 2. And in chapter 2, Paul lays out his big argument for the book of Colossians, which is like, man, all, what you need is Jesus. Right? He's like, okay, fair enough. That's like a pretty good thing for the Bible. But you know, like he's making a special point that there's things in the world that will seep into our, our minds and our ways of thinking to get us thinking in the ways of, of the world, not the ways of Christ, right? So that, that term we use, and I'm just gonna bring it up because I think it like helps it stick out for me is stoicheia. That's the elementary principles of the world, the basic assumptions of the world, whether moral or philosophical, they're all around us and constantly having an influence on us. So Paul lays that out in chapter two. It's like, man, what you what you, you don't need the stoicheia, what you need is Jesus, right? You need God influencing how you think and how you live. And how you think about God and Jesus will affect how you live your life every single day. Amen? So he gets into chapter 3. He kind of unpacks this a little bit more. And so if I had a theme for today, just one thing for you to grab onto, it's going to be a fresh start. All right. All right. And I think this idea of a fresh start, actually, I really think this goes super well with what uh, Alex and Tom did for the welcome. The, I think the idea of a fresh start is appealing sometimes. Yes. I, I know for me, I needed a fresh start at one point in my life. I, I've been fired from the ministry, and I was thinking about a lot of things, and, and God really used that time to, to show how I made a ministry an idol, and, and titles an idol, and, and, and it wasn't God. God wasn't who I worshipped, right? I worshipped this mm-hmm. idea of what it meant to be in leadership, and, and Christ wasn't my identity. Mm-hmm. And, and, but God really used that time to show how the gospel, man, it revived my love for the gospel in my life. And I just wanted to base everything I did around that. Moving out to Eugene then gave me an opportunity, that fresh start, All right. to live that out in ministry. Right? And so we're just wearing my off. I thought, okay, I'm going to preach on the gospel every Sunday. Uh, every Bible study, I'm going to preach the gospel. Every D time, I'm going to preach the gospel. Just everything. I want it to flow out. Everything I do, I want it to be. I want it to come from the gospel, right? Okay, now, I've told some of my story. That, that's been challenging the past few years. That's, that's okay. But, man, I really felt like I got that fresh start to do this, and it was incredible. Now, I think the beautiful thing, and I mean, this is it right here. God gives us the chance for a fresh start, not just once, but every single day. We get the opportunity to have a fresh start, become more and more like Jesus, to put off the old self. And to put on the new self. Yeah. And that's what this is about. So Paul is just unpacking this idea further. You don't need all this stoicheia. What you need is Jesus. And here's what that looks like to, to actually live that every single day. And that's the beautiful thing. So I, you know, I want to talk about this real quick. Because it can be maybe intimidating. They man, every day I've got to do this. Or it can be really encouraging. Yeah. Well, every day God gives me a chance to do this. I mean, I keep getting opportunities to be more and more like him. I don't just stumble and it's over. He's like, get out of the kingdom. Like, no, it's like every day God gives us a chance. Mm-hmm. And new. I think that's pretty exciting. Not even every day, but every minute, every second. Right, right. We get a chance to put off the old self and put on the new self. How incredible is that? So we're going to read through this. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Therefore, given... If then you have been raised with Christ, my apologies, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And you guys know how to do this. We're going to read this chunk. I'm just going to go back through and kind of preach through that. So let's start with... Uh, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. So you know me, I always love looking for those connective words. And so when I see if then, I'm like, all right, that sticks out. Because what he's doing is he's building off of things that he's 
laid out earlier, right? He's kind of laid this foundation. He's building on that. So when he says, if then you've been raised with Christ, he's calling back to chapter 2 when he says, uh, verse 12 in chapter 2, having been buried with him in baptism in which you're also raised with him through faith in the power and working of God. So he's saying, look, if you've been raised with Christ, if you've uh, gone into that baptism and, 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 you know, like he's not mincing words here. It's like God, your faith in God working raises you out of that baptism to a, to a new life. It's like, okay, if that's you, that's your reality, then this, all right? That seek the things that are above. You have a new life now. We're going to think differently, to, to think about the things that are above and not, and not about the things on earth. And he says that explicitly, not the things that are on earth, for you have died. So I think first, just start off right here, I think it's really important that, that we kind of wrestle with every day. Do I view myself as somebody who has died and has been raised? Mm-hmm. But somebody that Jesus is like, look, man, I, I look at you and you are raised, you are a new person. When, when God looks at us, he doesn't see the old us, he sees Jesus' body on the cross and he sees a new life. Do I walk and live in that reality? Do I embrace that? Do I remember that every day? Man, I am a new person. In Jesus, in Jesus, I get a chance to be somebody new. Somebody that can be more and more like him. Somebody that doesn't have to be bogged down with all the junk of my Amen. past. Amen. Because here's the reality, right? You know, I'll use the word sin. We live in a sinful world. We are sinful people. And what does sin do to us? It breaks us. It, it perverts us. It twists us. makes us less and less like Jesus. So kind of how I tend to think about it, it's kind of like sculpture. All right? Who here has watched SpongeBob ever in their life? Oh, yeah. yeah, and so I, I think that like sculpture, like we're, we're just, God designed us to be a part, to be somebody in Him. And like they mentioned, like we all have our different giftings, our little unique tendencies, and different ways we can communicate. That's a beautiful thing. So it doesn't mean that we all become the exact same person. But there's this person God designed us to be, and man, we try to chisel away at that block and try to get down that beautiful image that's. Underneath. And sometimes I'm, you know, I wish I was like SpongeBob. He like hits it once, and it's like <laughs> it's actually, but in reality, I feel more like Squidward. He hits it once, there's a pile of dust on the ground. So I wish I was more. Like, I feel more like Squidward. I wish I was more like SpongeBob. About half of you got that, and that's okay. Good job, Daniel. Right, Thank you. Everybody, choose something crazy in verse three. For you have died, and your life is hidden. With Christ in God. Let's talk about that because I read that. I'm like, that's kind of, that's interesting. What I love is it, uh, in our leadership track in, in Orlando, there's a men's lesson, right? If you guys have ever been to a conference, you've been at a men's lesson, it's like, we're men, right? We're going to go get that. You wrestled that line. You're David, dog. Like, you go get it. But he opens up with, Hannah's like, all right. Cool. Uh, and Hannah and fires us up. We go in there, like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm wrestling that line. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> this is getting crazy. So, but he, but he says, Here's what you need to do to be men, and obviously this is true for women, but he just threw us off because he what we were expecting. He says, you need to hide. Mm. And we're like, and we're like, well, I don't hide, bro. <laughs> it's like, no. To, to see what's going on here, that our life is hidden in Christ. Mm, yeah. To, to experience the reality of who we are, we need to understand that Christ, yes, we're hidden. It's not like we're running away scared. It's like mm-hmm. Christ has took our life, mm-hmm. and he is protecting it. He's guarding it. He's our shield. He's guarding you for salvation. He's guarding you from the world. Man. Christ has got you. He's like, man, you're, you're mine. All right, here's here's my shield. I'm going to bring you in here. I'm gonna, I've got you. It's a really beautiful reality. Mm-hmm. Life is hidden. You're Christ protected in Christ. But I think if we're being honest, the world feels dangerous. Yeah. It's scary. Whether morally and physically. Man, look, your life is in Christ, hidden, protected, safeguarded, wrapped 
around. That's a beautiful I don't know if that fits with the rest. I just think it's a beautiful thing. Okay. Uh, let's keep moving on into verse 5. Put to death, therefore. So, okay, remember the, the reality he just painted. You're raised with Christ. You're, you're, your life is hidden in Christ. When you get a chance to be to be somebody completely new, you get this chance for a fresh start. It's okay, so therefore, here's what you do. You put to death what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, purity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Mm-hmm. So let's just stop there real quick. We don't really talk about the wrath of God. No, we don't. Come on. It's like, look, there is such thing as sin. Yes, it is. It, it, God cares. Like, he cares about sin. Like, it, it breaks us. Mm-hmm. It takes that image and, it, man, it, it puts chips in it. That sculpture puts chips in that image. Or if you, if, you talk, if you think in clay sculpture, it like tries to cover that image up, which is a weird thing. You don't do that, right? You know, when you're trying to make a sculpture, you know, you don't like out of clay or whatever. You don't like put the pieces back on, or you, you try to make the sculpture. But sin can come and kind of corrupt that image. It's like, okay, man, we need to, we need to take that seriously. We need to put to death these things. That's crazy, right? That's that's some intense language. I want you to kill that sin in your life. Like I want you to have this attitude towards man. I'm coming. He said, I'm going to do something about you. Now, now there's this dichotomy here, because, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a tension that Christians have got to live with, right? That at the end of the day, we're saved. If we've been raised with Christ, then you're clean. Amen. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. But we have this tension, man. It, this tension, it drove Paul nuts, right? If you read Romans 7, it drove Paul nuts. We have this tension where we're saved, we're righteous, but we still live in a broken world. Yeah. We still live in sin. We still have sin in our life. We are still broken. So there's this, like, tension. I think that's just, you know, I think God gives that. We need that. We need that healthy tension to fight back and forth between. So even though we're, uh, say, new person, we still need to fight and put to death things. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, I, I, this is this is half the battle. The other half is knowing who you are in Christ. I think that's why he sets it up. I think rarely does mm-hmm. Paul ever give you something to do without setting up your motivation to do it. I think rarely does he do that. Well, he does, but I think rarely. Oftentimes he builds a robust case. Here's why. And so, man, your life is in Christ, so therefore, put to death these things. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, verse 7. In, in these two, you once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. It's a little less hostile, but still, it's an intentional thing. Take them and put them away. Do something. Get them out. Never look. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, saying that you've put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave free, but Christ is all in all. So you've got this new self. Right? And here's the thing about that new self. It, it happens. I mean, we put on Christ in baptism, but the thing is, there's again, there's this tension here. That, that yes, we put on Christ in baptism, right? But also, we need to keep, keep putting them on every day. Right? Because right? that's what he says in verse 12. Put, put on then as God's chosen ones. It's like, okay, you've, you've put them on, but keep putting them on. Mm-hmm. Right? See, you've got them in baptism, but there's like, you get every day not to earn the salvation, but to live out the salvation. You keep putting them on. Every single day. Here's the thing. You have to make a conscious choice. Every yeah. Day. You put Jesus on. Right? Like, it was like Tom said, man, I wake up, I'm broken. <laughs> I wake up, my, my thoughts are going these different places. Like, man, I need to put on Jesus every day. And I had this great conversation with a brother back in El Paso. There's a, there's a big military presence there because there's Fort Bliss. It's a big, big military base. And so a lot of people were in the military. They were in the church. So I was driving around with a brother one day, and he was like, Daniel, you know, when do you read your Bible? 
I was like, you know, usually at night, and here's what I didn't tell him. It was like my phone, like this, and so I'd like fall off the kidney and wake me up. Oh, that's, that's kind of what I was doing for a long time. He's like, you know what, Daniel? Yeah, you can do what you want. But in the military, we don't go out on a mission without signal. Mm-hmm. We wake up, first thing we do, we gear up, then we go. Like, Daniel, that's kind of how I do my quiet time. I can't do this without gearing up. Like, it's crazy. I've got body armor. I've got this helmet. I've got this pack with all my supplies. Man, I've got this gun. It would be crazy for me to go out to the mission without putting that gear on. The reality is, I think some of us should probably go out in the mission of the world without putting Jesus, right? Without putting yeah, that armor. We need to make that conscious decision every day mm-hmm. to do that. I don't, I don't know. It's like, okay, if you're reading your Bible at some point throughout the day, I don't want to get legalistic here, but right. I do think there's something about starting your day with Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. I need it. I need it. I'll just say, hey, I need that. All right? Yeah. Uh, if I don't do that, I'm, I get weird real quick. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Weird. More than what you think. I mean, I'm a really, really weird person. I'm trying to tell this to Trey. Trey, man, I'm trying to tell you, man, here's here's how to grow. And I'm telling you because I was really weird. Weirder than you, buddy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I get weird quick. Uh, so every day, starting with making that conscious decision, I'm going to put on God. I'm going to put on Jesus. I'm going to be more and more like him. There's a beautiful thing about that. Here's how. Here's where we get the strength to do it. Again, Paul, rarely does he do this stuff without giving you the, the inner core. He kind of gives you both. He gives you the what to do, but also why to do it. Here's what allows us to do that every single day. That renewal, that keep, keep him putting him on. He says in verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the creator. Mm-hmm. Now, if you break down the context of this book, you'd be crazy to think he's talking about intellectual knowledge for intellect's sake. Wow. He, he's, he's just fought that for two chapters. I, I think it's much more convincing, especially with how he uses knowledge early in the book. What he really means is the saving knowledge of God. Mm. The knowledge that you get who God is, and you get what he's done for you. And so this new self that we put on every day, how does it get renewed? Where does it get that renewal, that revival, that energy, that passion, that sustenance? It gets from coming to know who God is. Guys, when you know who God is, when you get that, that's different, man. That yeah, changes you. Very much. Right? And we can forget it. We can get cold to it. And we can, we can get numb. Absolutely we can. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It does. We just got to fight through that. It's okay, man. That's why I believe it. It's all right. Just keep fighting. Stay fighting. But, man, when you know who God is, when you know how big he is, right? I, I, think, about, um, I think about Isaiah, right? When he has that vision of God and blows his mind, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. But when we get who God is, how dangerous sin is, how seriously he takes sin, how much he loves us, what he's done for us, not just in the New Testament, but from the Old moving on. I mean, God, guys, was crazy gracious in the Old Testament. Yes, right? Okay, yeah. I, I think there's this weird impression that God was some angry God in the Old yeah, Testament. Yeah, that's true. Guys, I read the Bible. Okay? If you read through that thing, you'd be like, man, I'd kill these people. You know? <laughs> right? so, you know, that's, I'm, not a, I'm a simple person, right? I'm working on that. Like, I get frustrated, right? I'm learning this. I, t- I did that class. When things are off, man, I just start attacking. So that's me. But God, man, like, he was so patient. Mm-hmm. He was like, forgiving them over and over and over and over. And they're like, hey, man, we'll come back. We'll come back to you, God. I promise. He's like, okay. Like, all right. But then they don't. He's like, okay, man. Come on, guys. It's, like, it's over and over and over again. He's giving them new chances, fresh mm-hmm. starts. Right? And so but let's move on into verse, uh, let's, uh, sorry, I'm going to re-preach verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against each other, forgiving each other, mm-hmm. as the Lord has forgiven you. 
So you must also forgive that scripture right there. And I'll take the rest of my life working on that. Yeah. yeah. Embracing the reality of what Paul just said. Okay, you guys, okay, let's just walk it back. You guys are God's chosen ones. That's incredible. God shows you. It's no coincidence you're in this room right now. Whether you've been raised to a new life, God shows you to be raised to a new life. Mm. Whether you're here just kind of, you know, working through things, God, in His Spirit is working on you. Believe it or not, you don't have to believe me, but if you're here, it says God brought you here. Holy Spirit's yeah. working in your heart, pulling you somewhere. All right, so God shows you. Incredible reality. Right. Absolutely incredible. But okay, so He talks about bearing with one another and forgiving one another. This is crazy hard. Because He just said, forgive the way. Lord, forgive you. Lord Jesus, that's, that's, you got forgive. that's the standard. Yeah. Forgiveness. Yeah. To the point of dying for yeah. us. I mean, that's our standard for forgiveness. Man, I'm telling you, I mean, this is good for everybody, but gosh, this scripture came to life for me in marriage. Say that right now. Right? When I when I look when I look at my spouse, when I look at Stacy again, like I fight my sinful nature, because again, I'm like a horrible sinner to, to Daniel, God has forgiven you so much, and you're gonna be so petty with her. Right. Seriously? Right? It's like, come on, dude, just Walk in that love. Get that. And when you get that, when you have that knowledge, it renews you. Come on, Changes Daniel. Let's forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Amen. Above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. When in doubt, choose love. Mm-hmm. Right? He just gave you a lot of things to put on. I, I don't remember all that. I have a horrible memory. Right? i got to write stuff down. Guys, I'm talking sermon scriptures. I can physically write scriptures down to remember. I can't just look at something and read it. Remember. That ain't me. I ain't there. So if you have a hard time remembering what do I put on today, when in doubt, put on love. Mm-hmm. When in doubt, forgive like Christ forgave you. Yes. When in doubt, put those things on. Uh, I, th- I think that helps me simplify. Yes, go back and do the other thing specifically, but when in doubt, I think do that. Mm-hmm. In verse 15, this is crazy, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, mm-hmm. to which you indeed were called in one body, and be thankful. Gratitude, right? It's crazy how hard it is to remember gratitude. For me, I don't know, maybe you guys are really good at it. Every day I have to remember to be grateful for what God's done for me. Because every day I can get prideful and think I don't need it. Right. I'm being honest. But man, I got this. I got this situation. I, I can handle this setup. You know, I'm not saying with my mouth, with my with my actions, I'm saying I, I don't really need you, God. Mm-hmm. I don't really need you to do for me. I'm going to be grateful. Right. Ultimately, that the peace of Christ rule in me. Let the peace of the reality of being raised to a new life with Jesus be the thing that rules your mind. It orders it. It compels it. It dictates it that the peace of Christ, that you're walking in that peace, let that be what controls who you are and what you do. That's an amazing peace right there. Every single day, we get a chance to have a fresh start, you guys. Every single minute, every single second, we can choose to Put on the new self and put off the old self. Mm. We get this chance for a fresh start all the time. I want to give us one example of Jesus doing this for somebody. I'm going to preach through this and, and we'll call it there. So let's go to John chapter 8. As you guys are turning there, I just want to pull out one point. He says, hey, something you really got to do is bear with one another. Uh, okay, Paul wouldn't have said that if people weren't hard to bear with, all right? Yeah. All right, so the reality is here, us in this room, we're going to need to bear with one another. All right, we're, we're, yeah. I'm hard to bear with sometimes. You talk to say I can be difficult to bear with, right? But God's bear with one another, man. It's so important that we stay together, we stay connected. Yeah. I got to tell you, I think we talked about this. Most of you are there, but we have this awesome cookout 
at my place a few weeks ago. We were like, you know what, guys? We just want to bring the church together. We just we need to build that community. There's been a lot of transition, a lot of changes in our church over the past couple years. We just need to pull together and let's just be family. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible yeah. when you walk in that, right? It's a beautiful thing. So September 9th, we're going to have another cookout. I just want to say that. Okay. Laughable, absolutely. The Australians are going to host. Right? They, they were so kind after that. They have those awesome uh, uh, linoleum floors. They're easy to clean up. <laughs> you know, so we... Thanks. <laughs> I don't know why I'm proud of that. <laughs> All right, listen, guys. I, I was in Orlando the first week of August. I COVID the second week. We had the camping trip the third week. I just got back from Alaska. We had that workshop. I Look, I'm trying to pull it together. Uh, <laughs> September's my month of pulling it back together. Uh, okay. Come <laughs> on, Dan. Josh, after eight. Then... They went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. I just, uh, okay, I try not to do the ten days. Let me stop here. I love how Jesus often appears solitary. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool, man. That's really, that, like, you know, I, I think sometimes, depending on our personality and who we are, we tend to read Jesus in certain ways. And, you know, I think it's really easy for me to read Jesus as this loud, type A person. But, He's like, no, I'm going to often get, up, get away from y'all because I need to be with God. I just think that's cool. All right, anyway. Uh, verse 2, early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses has commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to him to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Okay, so let, let's just paint this picture. Because I think sometimes you don't read the Bible with enough color that we need to, that we need to <coughs> imagination and thinking. Right? Sometimes it's just words. But let's paint this picture. All right, literally what's going on here is Jesus is he's in the temple, and, and, and people have found, caught a woman in the act of adultery, dragged her out of that act, whether it's a bedroom or wherever, dragged her out of that scene, they're pulling her into the temple courts. They're talking about killing her. So as far as this woman knows, she's about to be beat to death. All right? Like, this is a crazy circumstance we're walking into right now. Crazy circumstances being brought upon Jesus. All right? And they have the uh, the legal authority to, to beat her to death. That's what's going on. Wow. So it's crazy. And here's what we got to remember. This is so key. That Jesus, according to Hebrews 1, is the exact likeness of God. The, the radiance, the exact representation. If you want to know how God would act in a situation, you look at how Jesus acts in a situation, you got how God would act. That's the reality of Christ, all right? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So we're about to see how God would treat the situation by how Jesus treats the situation, okay? Amen. Verse 7. Oh, sorry, I didn't even finish that verse. Jesus bent down and broke this finger on the ground. Verse 7. And they continued to ask him. He stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Verse 8. But once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. Mm. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Mm. Okay, but just put yourself in the woman's shoes. You just got dragged out of, if we're being honest, probably you're feeling some shame. Yeah. yeah. You feel exposed. Mm-hmm. You feel vulnerable. Right. Embarrassed, maybe? Yeah. Definitely scared. Yeah. As far as you know, there's a big Alright? And so what does Jesus do? He says, let him be without sin, you can throw the first stone. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. It was crazy. Jesus was without sin. 
Jesus had the legal, not just the legal, but the moral authority to kill this woman. Wow. Could have done it. Would have been right. They didn't. If you want to know how Jesus views you and your sin, how God views you and your sin, you are this. God wants everybody to have a relationship with him. Jesus wants everybody to have a relationship with God. Jesus would look at you, man, say, look, let, let me finish reading it, okay? Verse 10, Jesus stood up to her and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Mm. She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Amen. Go. From now on, sin no more. Leave your life of sin. God looks at you and you're saying, He's like, Look, man, just get up. Go after God. I want you to have a life. And I want you to have it with me. He gave this woman a fresh start. This, this could have been it for her, seriously. He's like, no, I want you to have a fresh start. You go and leave your life of sin. Now, he didn't come with, with no instruction. He said, go and leave the life of sin. With us, we have the instruction. Put off the old self. Put on the new self. But man, if you're struggling, I want you to picture yourself in this woman's shoes. I want you to hear Jesus saying to you, I don't care. Just go and leave your life of sin. Every single day, every hour, every minute, every second, Jesus wants to give you a fresh start. And this is the beautiful reality we live in when we've been raised with him. If you've been raised with him, out of those waters of baptism, a new person, a new life, man, you just, this is incredible. Think about this every day. Let me go for the fresh life. If, if that's not you, if you haven't done that, offers on the table, man. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about getting in those waters and being raised in your life. Yeah. Offers on the table. Yeah. So I, 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 would, I would leave us with the same thing he left us with. God, God says, I don't condemn you. Just leave your life. So, yeah. Guys, let's embrace the fresh start that we get. Amen. 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 Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just your words, your spirit, your love. It's this tension, God, that we exist in. Whether we've been raised with you, but we still live in a broken world, with a broken body, with a broken mind, that we every day need to make the choice to put on you, put off the old. It's just beautiful that you give us that opportunity. And if we haven't been raised with you, if you're like, the offer's on the table. I mean, just come and walk in this. Let, let's go. Let, let's start living this life together. Now, the offer's on the table for us every day to follow your son, to follow Jesus. That help us do this. We need you. We need each other to do it. That help us to walk in this newness of life, this fresh start that we get a chance to have every single day. Become more and more like you and more and more like your son. Father, we love you. We thank you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Amen. I can say I don't think we need a communion message after that. I think that was a communion message. Great job. And it just shows how God is working here because obviously, you know, I'm doing communion. So obviously I'm going to talk about the cross a little bit, you know, so I think that, um, you know, so, but some of the stuff that he touched on as far as the Old Testament God and and um, just needing for forgiveness mm. um, is, is, is what God had put on my heart as well. So I don't know all you guys. Some of you guys I've known 15 years. Some of you guys I've never met. All I right. don't think I've ever met you. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm Bradley. Good to meet you. Come on, I don't Bradley. think I've met you as well. I think I've met. Uh, there's a few people uh, you know, I haven't met. Hi, Tom. Uh, my name is, um, I saw you guys on the ride over here. We passed you guys, your wife or your girlfriend. 
one day, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing this more than preaching. I think I'll just get up here and talk to you guys like this. But um, turn with me real quick to um, Exodus chapter 34. Come on, Brad. And few stories come to mind. One is my daughter, Hazel. Um, this is my, oh, my name is Bradley. Did I introduce myself to you guys? Bradley. This is my wife, Nayara. We have four right here. We, uh, we have four daughters, uh, one on the way, one boy on the way. So uh, we have a basketball team, many different ages, ages and heights. So we'll have a pose and a point guard and, you know, and I'll coach, of course. But, um, my daughter uh, started it the other night. I was trying to get out of the toilet. Let me start the timer here. <laughs> I had a But my daughter Hazel was trying to get out of the bath, and or she, oh, she didn't want to get out of the bath. But I was like, trying to get out of the bath. So immediately that happens. Like I, I didn't have all the fun I wanted to have. So she starts looking around and grabbing her sisters. Once all of a sudden she wants the toy that Hazel has. And she just starts having a meltdown. She's tired. <laughs> and so I'm just really patient with her and really loving, but saying, nope, you can't have it. You got to get out of the bath. And she's just crying. It's just, you know. <laughs> and a perfect example of just the love and the grace that uh, that description Tasha talks about in Daniel is that I was just being very patient with her and loving. And she finally got out of the bath, but she's still throwing a fit. And eventually, mom comes in and says, Hey, knock it off. <laughs> apologize to your dad, right? Come on, Nara. And she apologized and it stopped. Wow. <laughs> and I think that's a good, you know, that's a that's a good way to look at it that, you know, it's like God is just that she had to come in and stop it. She had to come in and have that judgment for you know, and then it's like if I just kept giving her love, come on, honey, calm down. It's all right. You're gonna, you're tired. Making excuses for it. Oh, it's just gonna keep on going. Mm-hmm. But when she had consequences, she a few minutes later she's saying she's sorry. She's back to herself. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's the same thing with us. Um, it's good to know yourself. We did the life language, uh, language thing yesterday. That yeah, was awesome. really amazing. And for me, forgiveness looks a lot like. It, it, I can't let it show that it even bothers me. I'll just pretend it doesn't. And that doesn't help anyway, because now guess what? I'm carrying all that unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment. We need to do a, a version two of that on how to get out of the the, 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 the life patterns. <laughs> I'm way down here. I need to operate up here more like Jesus. But um, so. Me and my brother just had rock fights, and I used to get in some of these things. I didn't know what I was doing. He'd be like, come on, come on, play. All of a sudden, we're in a rock fight. I'm like, I better. You know, one time I got hit in the face really hard, and I got, I split my lip open, and um, my brothers were just scared that they were going to, you know, that my, they were going to get in trouble, and I didn't want them to get in trouble because my dad was abusive, and my mom, you know, would let him, basically. So I didn't want to tell, so he never really got in trouble for it, you know, so. I think it's another example of just the just the the justice that needed to happen. They needed to get in trouble. I was in second grade. They needed to get in trouble, but me covering up for them, mm. it never allowed them to stop. Yeah, they felt sorry, but guess why? Because they got caught. Because they had done something. That, you know, it's like a lot of times that's the only reason we're sorry. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So 
Um, and then also for me, I've had to learn with being more like Jesus. Is this in Exodus um, 34, we learn kind of the character of God. It's, mm -hmm. it's really besides Jesus and in the Old Testament, they don't know God up to this point. Um, they've been, I mean, a few did, you could argue, um, in, um, in Egypt, but this is them coming out of a lot of idolatry in Egypt, and he had gone up to, Moses had gone up there and gotten the Ten Commandments. He came down, and they're automatically worshiping the golden calf, and, um, you know, basically having these parties, and those parties um, in, in the Hebrew have a lot of um, connotation of sexual parties. So they're basically getting together party and having sex. So, and they're worshiping their other gods. And so God, he comes down, he drops the tablets, God gets mad and kills 3,000 of them. And then Moses is kind of like, okay, I need to get these tablets again. I mean, you can imagine what Moses is going through. But Moses eventually says, God, I want to know you, and passionately cries out. And this is Jesus' uh, uh, God's, God's response. In 34 verse, verse 6, he says, he says, Starting verse 5, he says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate, the gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers the third and fourth generation. Wow. So you see here, like, th like they're getting to know God, and this is what God says that He is. And you see, you see love and love and justice here. And the word love here, we use love and God. God is the guy in the sky, and we, you know, the you know, the English words don't give. I mean, I I can say I love popcorn and say I love my wife, and somehow right. it's the same word, mm -hmm. you know. But in Hebrew and you have different words for every single thing. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't say you love your wife like popcorn. Yeah. Uh, or you love popcorn like your wife. I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's, that, that's a whole different thing to understand. But what's cool about this is um, he's love and justice. And you have to go through, but mercy triumphs over justice, it says in James. Mm -hmm. So... For me, just trying to be more like God, be more like forgiving, I can't carry all that. Mm -hmm. So I'll wrap it up with a few seconds left. That as we, as we, um, as we go to take communion, um, the and and take the 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 bread that this is body that was broken for us, or um, the blood that was shed for us. It's the it's that he died for your sins and he shed his blood for a covenant with us and he's going to hold up those promises and it, through, all throughout the Old Testament they always go back to hey but you said this to Abraham so you could you know like 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 and God always changes what he's going to do he's like oh yeah I made a promise to Abraham like he's he's faithful that's one thing he is um, and then so think about for me it's just about who God says that he can forgive so Come to him humbly, and he will forgive. And if you don't believe that, then you're just not believing God, and you're, you're putting his character in question. 
And if there's somebody like for me that I think I need, you know, I need, I need to forgive more. Think of um, um, handing that over. It's like a weight that's on us. Think of the cross, and you, you know, you're walking up there and handing it over. Or even picture the person that you have to forgive, yeah. you're struggling to forgive as you're going. So let's go ahead and take.